Welcome to the Crow's Nest Horror Podcast, a podcast dedicated to bringing you nightmares through the horrifying stories written by people just like you. These stories can be found in multiple places, such as the Creepypasta Wikia and Reddit. This and all episodes of this podcast may contain depictions of extreme violence, explicit language, and content that may be unsettling for some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. Now, my dears fledglings and full groans, it is roosting time. My drawings are quite alive. They move on their own. That's my talent, I guess. My drawings literally come to life. They are, of course, trapped in the paper. Because of this, I have a tendency to draw as realistically as possible, making absolutely sure that my drawing will be comfortable for life. Each picture is worth hundreds of thousands. Who wouldn't want a drawing or painting that moves? That has a genuine personality? I never draw or paint anything that could be painful or uncomfortable for my creations. I do sexual pieces, but I will never depict anything that could be seen as abusive or have malicious intent. I mostly worry that one day, if I do draw something cruel, it could have a drastic effect for the owner of the piece. I suppose in some odd way, I create life. I assemble whole universes with the stroke of an artistic instrument. It's a pretty heavy burden and talent to carry. I have to carefully draw every detail. What may seem to be a one-level painting or drawing is actually many, many layers. I have to give them full homes, food, clothes, and so forth. So each and every picture is multiple depths of art, and it takes me quite a bit of time. I have to carefully plan each and every detail, down to the most minute thing. It's almost like building a whole house and world, kind of like a god. Not that I would say I'm anything akin to one. It takes me far too much thought and toil to create something that functions properly for the main character of each piece. They are living beings, of course. The thing is, they can also see our world, much like a very big mirror, or maybe a tiny one? I'm not really sure. I just know they can see us, how we act and carry about. This can be a very bad thing. Since the pieces are living, they form opinions and ideas, just like we do. They learn to love and hate, just like we do so I tend to include a disclaimer for my pieces. If there's any form of abuse or discontent in the home, beware the purchase or commissions of my pieces. They will react to the pain, discontent, discomfort, and misery of the environment they're in. This can change the whole piece and has also resulted in the death of the guilty party. This disclaimer, of course, has been ignored a handful of times. I do not feel any regret for what happened to those individuals whatsoever. In my opinion, they deserved it. 
I was involved in all cases, since my art was the subject of the murder. However, no legal action was taken against me because the abuse was thoroughly imprinted upon the art piece, giving a very vivid visual explanation of all the abuse received by the innocent party. One such event happened none too long ago. For the sake of providing the best warning possible, I will relate this tale. I was commissioned to draw a fairy-like setting, meaning it included some mythical creatures and the world in which they would live and mingle. Of course, I relayed the disclaimer and had all the necessary paperwork properly filled out and notarized, just in case something may go awry. Better to be safe than sorry. Looks can be very deceiving when it comes to human beings. I toiled over the mythical worlds for months. I do believe it was nine months, give or take a few days. Dragons coiled in the air, roaring and spewing fire and joy. Fairies flitted among the flowers. Fawns sprung about on the fields of corn and orchards of fruit. Animals wandered about the land, providing food for the creatures and balance. Rivers and lakes dot the countryside. People flourish in a bustling village where one can garner clothing and other wares. All things lived in great peace. It sold for $1.5 million to an obviously well-off businessman. His lovely little girl, with her big blue eyes, stared lovingly at the lively piece, her eyes glued to the canvas with adoration. I knew something about the man and his wife was off. Attention I recognized, but had no place to intervene. I once again found myself reiterating the disclaimer to the couple, worried more about the child than the pair. My warning went unheeded. A few years after its purchase, disaster struck. I was informed of the untimely deaths of the parents and the relocation of the girl. I was brought in to speak to my piece and find out what had occurred. This is always an odd thing to witness, I am sure. The police have simply gotten used to it, where my pieces are involved. They simply leave me alone as I communicate with my creation and listen as I recount its story. By the end, a horrific story is depicted on the back of the canvas. This time, I found myself more disturbed than I had ever been before. I learned that day just what abuse was going on. For the sake of my readers, I will add a break here, so you may skip over the details if you cannot handle sensitive topics such as child abuse, incest, rape, and domestic violence. It turns out that the father and mother were actually siblings, and not at all a normal couple. Somehow, the brother managed to brainwash his sister into believing their incestuous relationship was okay. For many years, he had trapped her in the home without any outside contact. The rest of the family was deceased or had lost contact with the siblings, leaving them devoid of any familial contact, only further allowing the brother to control his sister. If she stepped outside of the numerous rules he had made her, she would be beaten and in some cases raped. Mentally, the sister was simply broken. A ghost of who she may have been had he not brutally abused her. On many of the occasions he had raped her, he did not use any protection. This resulted in many conceptions. 
These conceptions were always abruptly ended through the brutal beatings and forced abortions. There were three within the years the paintings hung. The small girl I had met upon the purchase of the painting was a conception that actually met its natural end. How the child survived, or even the sister, I cannot really fathom. The child was subjected to being starved and beaten. On multiple occasions, she was abused to the point of being bedridden for quite a while. During the course of much of this abuse, the picture changed. The dragons and woodlands had perished. Creatures killed each other and crops died. The painting became one of desolation, one of pain and misery. Upon the revelations, I came to know how they had died. The sister had killed herself, having had enough of the life she was living. Upon her death, my painting had had quite enough. From the canvas, a dragon had crawled, a two-dimensional being that mauled and fried the man. So abused was he that his whole body was nearly indistinguishable. During the pictorial mutiny, fairies had emerged to tend to the child. The reality of the child the reality of the misery the child had endured was removed from her. Nothing more than a horrible dream. She remembered nothing of her biological parents. He remembered only the fairies as they played with her. Whole years of abuse had simply been forgotten. The police handled the whole mess, covering up the real causes of death and sending the child to live with her other remaining family. The painting? It was resold. Only one buyer would purchase the paintings after such circumstances. Why? I do not know. They would only seek me out upon the death of the individual who had owned a painting. My disclaimers are not meant to exist for fun. They're there to save your life, to save the lives of my precious creations. Too many deaths have occurred for me to not have a warning. I have many more tales to tell regarding these paintings and creations. Some good, most are bad. Maybe I'll tell some more. Perhaps it would serve as an actual warning to those who wish to purchase. Today's story was brought to me. Today's story was brought to you by me, your host and producer of the Crow's Nest Horror Podcast. I do have a Reddit. It is up underneath the same name I run through here with, Ashlyn Sticks. I do post most of my horror stories on there, as well as other relatable content, such as my wholesome horror stories. They've found quite the bit of popularity on there, let me tell you. I highly suggest you follow my content on Reddit if you want to enjoy more pieces of this kind. Thank you for joining us in our double feature. Thank you again for meeting us here in the nest. I wish you a beautiful day and a haunting night.